Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Ho, ho, ho. This is the second episode in my little Christmas uh, series talking about my Christmas miracle. And I think if I had to give a name to this particular episode, I would actually, uh, I would call it Believing the Lie. And what I want to do is I want to share with you. In the last episode, I talked about how uh, I had created the side project podcast and that I did this interview with this uh, very successful gentleman who was really well connected in the area. And he said to me, you know, I don't, I don't think you really know what you got here. And where I left that episode off before was the fact that I was going to reach out to him and see if he wanted to do lunch and what that was going to be. Well, what I want to do is I want to kind of talk a little bit more about the backstory of the podcast to really give you a full picture. And to be honest, this is probably going to be one of the toughest episodes that I've ever recorded because there's going to be things that I share here that I haven't divulged to many people. I, my counselor knows about this. My, one of my uh, life coaches knows about this, but I really didn't tell anybody about it because I, I don't, I don't like to, to trash people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do my best to make sure that as I share the story that I try to keep anything that might be subjective out of it and not try to paint anybody in a light. It'll be up to you to decide uh, the, uh, if, you know, the other people that are involved, what their actions were. So as I shared last time, I was living in California. I decided to move back to Michigan. There were two real primary drivers that were behind this, and they're not in any specific order, but there was just two primary drivers behind this. The first was that my parents were getting older, and I could see that they were starting to struggle. And what I didn't know at that time was the fact that my uh, dad had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So that was, <laughs> that was making everything worse. The second part is that on one of my trips to... Michigan, I reconnected with this woman that I went to high school with, and sparks flew. Our relationship took off. I was absolutely just smitten with her. I loved her kids, and her and I were talking about having a life together, making a life together, and that's a little bit hard when you're on the other side of the country. So I had made that command decision to move back to Michigan. I was living with her and her kids at the time when I moved back here. And as I shared before, I started the podcast because I had left my California network behind. I wanted to build a new network here in Michigan. And so one of the things that I did was start a podcast. I didn't know where it was going to go or what it was going to do, but I felt that, you know, I love podcasting. Podcasting is the ultimate relationship building tool. Let's do it. Well, I started the podcast and things were really taking off like fairly quickly. I was really surprised when I had produced like maybe 10 episodes and somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, we'd like to talk to you about some kind of a a sponsorship deal. And I was shocked by that, but I was like, okay, let's do it. Well, while this was going on in the background, my fiance at this point was repeatedly telling me that the podcast was worthless. It was a waste of time and that I was not going to amount to anything. And that really hurt. It really did. Uh, on, on more than one level, you know what it's, and sometimes you just have to ask, ask the question, why is it people we love the most seem to be the ones that hurt us the most? 
And she would continue to bring this up uh, when her and I would have, uh, I'll characterize it as a fight when people are screaming. And she would always pull this out. She would always say this directly to my face. And the more that she said it, the more I started asking myself, well, is this podcast really something that I need? Because obviously it's causing her a lot of pain. She keeps throwing it in my face. And well, she keeps bringing it up. She keeps talking about it, how it's a waste of time, how it's worthless. And by the way, those are her exact words. I'm never going to mount anything. Those were her exact words. So I made a decision. If the, if the podcast is causing her that much pain, I will stop doing it. And by this time, I think I was maybe 40 episodes deep or 45 episodes deep, and I, I stopped. There was a lot of other problems that were in our relationship, and it was a handful of months later that uh, we, we broke up. We broke off our engagement, and I left. And I remembered that it was right about this time, too, that my brother had passed away. My, my brother passed away in October, and then her and I uh, broke up in November. And I was hurting pretty bad at that time. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, podcasting makes me happy. I really enjoy doing it. There's a lot of people I'd still like to have on the podcast. You know, maybe maybe I can do something to to make myself happy, but to, you know, maybe maybe inspire people. So I started up the podcast again. But every time that I would do an interview or I would release an episode, all I could hear in my mind's eye was her telling me once again, this is worthless, it's a waste of time, and you're never going to mount to anything. And it was right about this time that my dad passed away from Alzheimer's. So needless to say, going into 2021, I was feeling bad 24-7. I was still releasing episodes. I had done a bunch of interviews, but you know, with the, with the passing of my dad, I took some time off. But I, like I said, I still had all these interviews. I wanted to push them out. And I just I kept hearing her over and over and over again. So rather than continue to make feeling bad even worse because of hearing her voice in my head, I stopped doing the podcast altogether once again. And it was during 2021 that going through all this, I, I was just, I was broke, right? And, and I say that I allowed myself to break. I didn't try to dull the pain. I didn't try to, you know, drink every night or get high or chase women or do anything else like that. I wanted to feel every inch of the pain and go through it and understand what it was that I was going through. And I really do believe that when these situations do come around that, you know, you can learn powerful lessons from it and be able to carry those lessons forward and be able to understand what's happening. And I was fortunate enough that I got connected with uh, a good coach. She was going through training at the time and she's like, hey, Cliff, I need a case study. And I was like, okay, that's me. But I was also dealing with a counselor. And we talked between, you know, the three of us, my sessions with my counselor, the sessions with uh, my coach, we talked quite extensively about mindset. Why is it that we do what we do? Why do we think what we think? How, are, how do feelings figure into this equation? 
and basically just how to handle that much pain, that much grief. As much as I would like to say that having, you know, going through and losing three people and suffering all that pain, it's like you have three different areas of pain in your life, and that's not true. You have one. And mine was piled pretty high. So coming into 2022, I had already made the decision that I wanted to get back into podcasting, but I wasn't going to pick up this particular podcast because every time I thought about it, I would just feel that same pain. I could hear her voice. What I didn't understand that I was going through at that time was, and Brooke Castillo talked about this on her podcast, and it's the best way to describe it. When you have this you know, reaction to something, like let's say you want to do something big or you want to start something new or you're taking on a new project or whatever it is, there's a certain part of your brain, I guess the lizard brain would be the best part of it, that will try to protect you and therefore it will scare you so that you don't do this new thing, whether that's to go big or whatever that might be. And Brooke referred to this as an evidence file. So every time that you go to do something, this lizard part of your brain opens up the evidence file and says, you know, look where you failed here. Look where you failed there. Look what this person said. Look what that person said. In my case, my evidence file, when my lizard brain would open it up, all I could hear was this voice. And, you know, there was a part of me that believed that the podcast was worthless and that I wasn't going to amount to anything. And. I had that evidence file and my brain was very quick to, you know, to whip it out whenever I thought about that particular podcast. And so I didn't think about the podcast. Well, I was having dinner with some friends and during that dinner, both of them brought up, Hey, whatever happened to that podcast you were doing? I really like that. I'm like, you did. And they were like, yeah, we listen to it all the time. Those are some really great, you know, inspirational stories and stuff. You need to do that again. I was taken a little bit aback by that, but of course I think about the podcast, my brain opens up that evidence file, and I leave dinner feeling bad, right? I'm hurt once again. It's like, God, I'm just so tired of hurting. So I, I guess I, I'm just, I'm not going to think about it. Well, it was maybe a week or two later that I got an email from a local university. Um, they have, I think they have in the neighborhoods of 50,000 students. But the marketing director reached out to me and said, hey, Cliff, I love your podcast. Can we, you know, get together and have a meeting to talk about how maybe we could work together? Well, of course, you know, I, I'm flattered that she reached out to me. And of course, you know, there's a, you know, the optimistic part of me is saying, oh, my goodness, this is an opportunity. But once again, that evidence file opened back up and I could just hear her voice once again. Your podcast is worthless. It is a waste of time. You will never amount to anything. Well, as I was doing this, the one of the things that I've learned with talking with my counselors and with my, uh, with my, my life coach was that when these situations come, right, when these feelings come, you need to lean into that feeling, whether it's good or whether it's bad, but you need to lean into it and just ask yourself a very simple question. Why am I feeling this way? Because a lot of the times when something happens, we have an emotional response to it. What I've learned with dealing with all of these different mindset coach and, and listening to all of these experts out there is that 
when something happens, right, a circumstance happens, an event happens in life that is neither good or bad. It is just something that happens. The first thing that happens is we have a thought about that, and then we have an emotional reaction. So our thoughts dictate our emotions. Now, this makes sense because the number of times that I've seen a bad situation happen and I look at somebody and they say, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. My life is over. The same situation happens to somebody else and they say, you know what? There's a powerful lesson to be learned here. I've learned it. Let's move on. Life is good, right? Same situation happens to two different people and you get two totally different reactions. Now, that's not to say that you know, emotions are good or bad or that you should try to dodge feeling emotions or anything else like that. That's not what I'm advocating. What I'm saying is that your thoughts control your emotions. When I realized this or when I really embraced it, because I knew it kind of like at a theoretical level, but I never really tried to apply it to my life. And so what I did is, you know, I sat down and I said, well, I'm going to ask myself one basic question, because every time I think about this podcast, all I think about is, you know, I can hear her voice saying it's a waste of time. It's worthless. You're never going to amount to anything. So what I did is I, for my podcast, I logged into the podcast hosting provider, right, which is the, uh, which is the service that actually houses the podcast. And when people hit play, it downloads the episode to their phone or to their computer, whatever that might be. Well, I logged in there and I hadn't looked at those numbers in well over a year. I was shocked. Looking at these numbers, there had been thousands of downloads of my podcast. Even though I hadn't produced a new episode in well over a year, there were thousands of downloads of my podcast. Completely taken aback by that. And I remember sitting at my desk thinking to myself, well, this is actually kind of cool. You know, I'm glad I kept paying it because these people obviously want to listen to these stories, get inspired by them. I went and I checked out the stats for the website. Come to find out most of the website was broken. Remember, it had been a year since I had done really anything with the podcast. And, you know, during that time, there were... There were updates and server changes and stuff like that. And a majority of the website was just broke, but people were still finding the podcast and still listening to it. And I'm thinking to myself, this is actually kind of interesting. And then what I did is I went back and I remembered this was something that uh, many moons ago, one of my first interactions with a coach, her and I were, were talking and she remarked to me how when I talked about sharing stories with people, how lit up. I became like how excited I became. And I said, you know, I love sharing stories all the time. I share stories on Facebook all the time and people leave all these really great comments that they love my stories and, and they love what I'm saying, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, you know, what I want you to do is I want you to take screenshots of all of those, you know, comments that people are making messages that people are sending you. And I want you to put them all in one place, put them in a file somewhere that you can get to them. And for me, that was Evernote. So I highly recommend that you do the same thing. When I started collecting these and putting them into this file, to tell you the truth, I even forgot that I even had it. But for some reason during this time, I thought about that and I went back and I reread the hundreds of comments, emails, reviews, 
testimonials that I got from people that were saying, wow, this is awesome, Cliff, or thank you for sharing this, or this has really inspired me, or, you know, you're, you really helped me out or any of these other things, right? It was just tons of these comments. And I was thinking to myself, wow, this is actually really cool. So the whole thing about, you know, believing that the podcast was worthless and that it was a waste of time and that I wouldn't amount to anything. The question that popped into my mind was, is this true? Right. What if, what if this isn't true? Right. And then what I really realized is that, of course, now I had built a new evidence file, but this evidence file was not based on one person or one opinion. It was actually based on hundreds, if not thousands. You know, the downloads from the podcast actually had hard numbers to look at and be able to say, holy cow, maybe what I'm doing here is something special. I had this whole energy file just filled with comments and, you know, emails and all this other stuff about from people saying, wow, Cliff, what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And you're inspiring me. And thank you. And you helped me out and all these other things that I was just like, I was floored, absolutely floored. And what I realized was that I was actually building a new evidence file. I still had the old one that my lizard brain would pull out, but then I had this new one that my prefrontal cortex put together. And so whenever my lizard brain would pull out that evidence file, my prefrontal cortex would pull out this file. And it's kind of hard to argue with facts. I mean, it really is. I mean, people can interpret them however they want, but if you're getting thousands of downloads from your podcast and you haven't even produced an episode in over a year, what does that say to you? I mean, I know what it said to me. More importantly, one of the things that I realized was that every time that I thought about the podcast and I would turn around and feel bad, because there's this connection between circumstance, thought, and feeling, and if thoughts control your feelings, what if I gave myself permission to have a new thought? Right? I had this new evidence file. So obviously, if I think about the podcast, rather than have that thought like, holy cow, this was you know, one of the major argument points between me and my ex-fiance, my thought is, wow, this really is inspiring people. Right. And then my emotion was no longer bad. I no longer hurt. I no longer felt depressed. All of a sudden, I felt inspired myself. I felt good myself. And I'm like, you know what? I actually have something here that's pretty special. It was so liberating to go through that exercise. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to tell you how beautiful it was to be able to let that go. And what I didn't realize, of course, is at that time that I was going through this, and I'm now just been studying her, but Byron Katie and her book, Loving What Is, walks through this like exact framework, you know, between Brooke Castillo and her model and her podcast and now Byron Katie with what she's doing. And I, I know that the two of them are linked. But all of a sudden I started to see the situation for what it really was and be able to see the reality of what was happening because you see the whole time that I would sit there and look at this evidence file. My lizard brain would pull out this evidence file. I was believing a lie. I was believing a lie that my podcast was a waste of time and that I wouldn't amount to anything. I was believing it. Whereas the truth of the matter, based on actual facts, based on what people were saying, people were consuming the podcast, listening to my stories, the the thousands of downloads from the podcast, 
the reality painted a very different picture. So for me, what it was is for this, the, the marketing director from this university, when I did that mental exercise, I said, you know what, Cliff, this is an opportunity. Go sit with her and see what she has to say. So we did. We set up a time for her and I to meet. We did. And we talked for, I think it was like maybe two hours. And I was talking to her about you know, her organization and what their vision was and then what my vision was for the podcast. And it was actually very exciting. And then from there, of course, I made the decision to get back into it, right? And this decision came because of some really great conversations with that I had, and I got to give props where prop is due. Uh, I, talked to, I talked to my really good friend, Pete, and my other good friend, Charles. And I didn't, I didn't, obviously, I didn't talk to them at the same time, but I talked to them independently about it. And of course, both of them basically re- reiterated the same thing. They're like, Cliff, this is a gift. You've got a real knack for this. You've got a talent for this. You're passionate about this. You need to do this. So I thought, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's do it. Let's see where this goes, right? Podcasting being the ultimate relationship building tool. So I start doing interviews again, right? This actually is now season three of the podcast. And I didn't really explain in detail uh, the reason why I took off season two, but I was like, hey, everybody, season three is back, right? And I'm back and I've got all kinds of stories here. And there was a couple of things that really changed from the first couple seasons to the, to the third season. And that is, it seems to be way easier to find guests for the podcast. I didn't realize this before. At the time when I started it, I was at maybe about 75 episodes and people were very impressed. They would come and they would check out the site, which I had fixed by this point in time, but they would come and check out the website and they're like, holy cow, this guy's really interviewed some heavy hitters. So all of a sudden now, if I extended 10 invitations, I had eight interviews. Before, if I extended 10 invitations, I was lucky if I got one. But again, this is about, you know, letting the passion come through. People recognize this. People see this. So from my standpoint from there, it was, you know, working with the university. And because I was open to that possibility about working with the university, really cementing that relationship with them and working with them and having them say, hey, let's interview this person, let's interview this person. That is how I wound up on Terry's doorstep. By then, whenever I thought about the podcast, my lizard brain didn't even bother to present its evidence file. Not even a consideration, because every time the podcast came up, it was that whole area of my prefrontal cortex, the new thought that I had, that I said, you know what, my podcast is worth something. I am capable of doing great things. I no longer believed the lie. I believed the reality that I was in and that I could do great things. So it was with that mindset going into it and having this internal conversation with myself once again that I decided, you know what? I'm going to take this meeting with Terry. Maybe there's something here that he sees that I don't. More importantly, Maybe he knows somebody that can help me. I've used my podcast to build a relationship with him. It is time that I leverage that relationship to see exactly what it is that I could do. So if you take anything away from this episode, just remember this. The circumstances 
Your thoughts interpret those circumstances, and then your thoughts drive your emotions. This is just the way that it is. And just because somebody tells you something does not mean that it's true. Byron Katie said this in her book, and she's absolutely correct. People project themselves onto other people. And so for my particular case, again, I can't speak of it, but I can only think of what was really going on in my ex-fiance's mind when she kept saying those things to me. But I'll never know, and I'm not interested in finding out. All I know is that my world has dramatically changed since I have changed my thoughts about the whole situation. More importantly, I was able to let go of a lot of pain and a lot of hurt. And to me, that is the best Christmas present ever. So now in the next episode, I'll be sharing with you more about my conversation with Terry, what he had to say about dreams, and how that conversation with Terry turned into a really golden opportunity. Until that next episode, my friends, take care. I hope you're gearing up to have a wonderful Christmas, and I will talk to you in the next episode.